Well, the long-awaited Mark Few versus Tommy Lloyd game could happen in 2024 as part of the Battle for Atlantis, but that is not the only exciting storyline that could come from Gonzaga's third trip to the Bahamas. You are Locked on Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Well, we got some 2024 scheduling news and a report about Gonzaga's 2023 schedule to discuss today before we close out the show looking at some fun FIBA updates for a pair of Gonzaga alumni. Got to lead off the show talking about the potential for the matchup that everybody has been dreaming of, everybody has been wanting for the last couple of years. Mark Few, Tommy Lloyd, they worked together for two decades with Lloyd, of course, as the associate head coach for the Gonzaga Bulldogs during a tremendous run of success for the Gonzaga basketball program. Lloyd parlayed that success into the full-time head coaching job at the University of Arizona fantastic for him all he's done is become the first coach or the only coach to win 60 games in his first two seasons as a first-time head coach one of the most prolific new coaches in modern college basketball history but because of the because Lloyd took the job at Arizona Gonzaga and Arizona decided to pause their traditional home and home schedules that they've been doing in the past and up to this point it's been a couple of years now as Lloyd enters his third season as the head coach at Arizona Gonzaga and Arizona have not played each other, and that's not surprising. Umar Balo is still at Arizona. There's a handful of players still at Gonzaga who were there when Tommy Lloyd was there, Anton Watson being among them. Uh, Arizona is employing Shemek Karnowski as a graduate assistant. Rem, Rem Bakamis is employed as the director of player personnel. There is a lot of overlap between these two programs. Matthew Lang just graduated. He had transferred to Arizona as a grad transfer to play his final season there as well. So again, many, many connections between these two programs. But according to a tweet from John Rothstein of CBS Sports, the eight-team field for the 2024 Battle for Atlanta, so not this upcoming season, the following season in the Bahamas, the Battle for Atlanta's field is the following. Gonzaga, Arizona, Indiana, Louisville, Creighton, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Davidson. This is an event that is traditionally held around Thanksgiving, over Thanksgiving break, at the Imperial Arena in the Bahamas. Gonzaga has participated twice. In 2015, they finished third. They beat University of Washington. They lost to Texas A&M. They rebounded and narrowly, narrowly beat UConn to finish third. That was the DeMontis Simonis-led Gonzaga squad. And then in 2019, they won the tournament barely. They beat Southern Miss in the first game. They beat Oregon in overtime in the second game to make it to the championship where they blew the doors off Michigan, beat them by 18 points to secure a championship in the battle for Atlantis. So Zags are looking to go back to the Bahamas for the third time and hopefully take home some more hardware. They got themselves a really challenging slate of teams in this tournament. The big story, of course, remains few versus Lloyd. This is a game that college basketball purists have wanted to see for a long time. This is a game that Gonzaga fans have wanted to see for a long time. This is a game that Arizona fans have wanted to see for a long time. Again, it is very understandable why these programs would take a break from playing each other when you're three or four years removed 
from having worked together. You can expect that there are some adjustments that have been made, new personnel, uh, different tendencies that maybe wouldn't be as much of a detriment when you actually play each other. Again, you could argue that, well, if them playing each other, they both have the same uh, kind of the same advantage, I, I suppose. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. Tommy Lloyd has spent 20 years learning how Mark Few operates as a head coach. Mark Few has not learned how Tommy Lloyd operates as a head coach. That does not mean that Few is not going to be pretty darn well aware of what Tommy Lloyd is going to do and his tendencies and just his kind of coaching acumen, but it's different. It's different. And I think it's reasonable for Gonzaga to have wanted to take a break on those games, but it sounds like there's a real opportunity for this game to happen. And when you look at this field, again, we're projecting for a full another season in the way that the way the off seasons happen in college basketball these days, who the heck knows what some of these rosters are going to look like at that time, but would not be a shock at all based on the pedigree of these two programs. If Gonzaga and Arizona, assuming they're placed on opposite sides of the bracket, end up facing each other in that championship, which who boy, that is going to be a well watched basketball game if that ends up being the case but again i teased it in the opening not the only fun storyline that could come out of this tournament potentially uh i don't know if ryan nemhart's still going to be at gonzaga right now he is not projected as a 2024 first or second round pick it's reasonable to believe that he could spend the next two seasons in a gonzaga uniform if he does and gonzaga ends up matching up against creighton there's some intrigue right there. Ryan Nembhard, a surprise decision to transfer from Creighton this offseason. Many thought he was going to go to Arizona. Of course, he ended up going to Gonzaga and joining the team in Spokane instead. That would create some intrigue there. And beyond that, the Zags have played every single one of these teams in the NCAA tournament. There are seven different teams in this battle for Atlantis. Gonzaga has played every one of them. They lost to Indiana and Davidson in back-to-back first rounds of the NCAA tournament. I believe it was 2007 and 2008. They played Arizona in 2014. They played Creighton and Oklahoma, beat them both in 2021 on their way to the national championship. And then they also played West Virginia in 2017, also on their way to a national championship. The 2024 non-conference schedule is shaping up once again to be a really, really good one. Gonzaga will get some really good teams out of this battle for Atlantis. They will also play Kentucky in Seattle in that 24-25 non-conference slate. They will play UConn at the Madison Square Garden, and they will play San Diego State on the road. That's what we know of the 2024 schedule so far, but oh man, it is already shaping up to be one of Gonzaga's best in a long time, and they have had a lot of great non-conference schedules, which speaking of, that's what I want to talk about in the second segment, because Atlantis wasn't the only positive Gonzaga scheduling news to come out this week, with a report that Gonzaga will take their trip to Rupp Arena during the WCC conference slate next year. More on that after a word from today's sponsor, eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure that every single player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions, excuse me, do apply.
folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners checking out the show on YouTube as well. Very much appreciated. We got more fantastic stuff to close out the week on Friday. We'll talk about a great article written by Matt Norlander about Gonzaga and the opinion of many other people in the college basketball sphere about whether they should stay in the WCC or potentially look to join another conference. We'll cover that on Friday's show. But for right now, I want to get back into Gonzaga's scheduling news. And instead of looking ahead to the 24-25 season and that potential few versus Lloyd matchup, we're going to talk about what's happening this year for Gonzaga. We already know they have a tremendous non-conference schedule, but a big update again per John Rothstein of CBS Sports. This is not confirmed as of yet, although it sounds like it is the plan for now, is that Gonzaga is going to play Kentucky at Rupp Arena as expected. But instead of playing them in November or December, as we are typically used to seeing for non-conference games, this game is expected to be played in during the conference slate. This is something, again, that Gonzaga fans have been clamoring for for a long time. The expectation or the belief that Gonzaga gets kind of loses some of their momentum between January and early March when they're playing the WCC slate, when they're kind of winning a lot of their games by oftentimes bigger margins. That hasn't been the case as much recently uh, because the WCC has ticked up their performance. We've seen San Francisco make an NCAA tournament. Santa Clara has had tournament caliber teams. Uh, We've seen LMU beat Gonzaga at home for the first time since 1991. So it has definitely not quite been that case all the time, but there's little doubt that Gonzaga could use a jolt at times during the WCC season. And it sounds like John Calipari in Kentucky are willing to give it to him. So Gonzaga is potentially going to travel to Rupp Arena sometime in January or February. The likely reasoning for this in terms of just making it work logistically is BYU's departure from the WCC. That creates more potential openings for Gonzaga to fill a slot. Uh, Calipari is, is certainly a coach willing to do this kind of thing. In fact, uh, when we think back on his history, when Gonzaga has had these types of games, which all happened before BYU joined the WCC, which is a pretty good indication that that is a, a predominant factor here. One of the biggest ones was against Memphis in 2009. Freshman guard Tyreek Evans for Memphis was absolutely killer. They ended up beating Gonzaga by 18 in that game during that 08-09 season. And that was the last year that John Calipari was the coach at Memphis before he took over at Kentucky. So Calipari is willing to play Gonzaga in the middle of the season. You got to respect him for that, even if there's a lot of things that Gonzaga fans have have a bit of grudges against John Calipari. He's willing to make this work. That's pretty cool, of course. In this situation, Gonzaga is going to Rupp Arena. So it's not like Calipari and Kentucky are doing a whole lot that different. They're just hosting a, a, a really good team in the middle of the season. They also host Alabama and Arkansas and a handful of other great teams in the SEC during the season. So not a huge stretch for Kentucky, for Gonzaga, for Mark Few, being willing to go out on the road in a brutal road environment, play at Rupp Arena many years before Kentucky and Calipari are going to be willing to play at the Kennel. I don't think that game is scheduled until 2026 is when they finally have the return game in Spokane. Regardless, Few and the Zags get a really, really tough road test sometime in February against a really good Kentucky team. And I think that's what's going to be interesting about this. Kentucky is a very young team, very young team. At one point this offseason, they had five freshmen and two lightly used sophomores as the only players on their entire roster. 
that has subsequently changed. They have added some international players. Zvonimir Visic is an older international player, sort of like Luka Krajnovic, although he's a seven foot three center. Uh, but in terms of having experience playing against uh, older professional players, they add Trey Mitchell in the transfer portal out of West Virginia, a nice experienced kind of small ball four that they can plug in. They get Antonio Reeves back, who averaged 14 points per game for the Wildcats last year. So now you're looking at a team that does have some veteran experience, but also has a really, really talented incoming class. And if Gonzaga was going to play them on November 12th, you might feel pretty darn good about it because that freshman class is still gelling. They're still learning college basketball. It's kind of a new experience for them. But now Gonzaga's got to go play them at their home court when they've been playing college basketball for a couple of months. And I think that that's a good thing for Gonzaga. Does it make the odds of them winning that game go down a little bit? In my mind, yeah, probably. It's probably going to hurt them a little bit, but it's going to help them in the sense that it is a bigger challenge for them to attempt to overcome in the middle of the season. Folks who've wanted this, who want Gonzaga to go challenge themselves in the middle of the season, this is it. This It's happening. And playing a Kentucky team like this, a team that Calipari tends to get these teams, he tends to right the ship around this time. We've seen a lot of John Calipari teams that struggle early in the year, that struggle even into December. Last year's team was struggling into early January. And we were like, hey, man, is this team even going to make the tournament? They got beat by South Carolina in the SEC. What the heck is going on? And then a few months later, they were absolutely rolling, cruising through the SEC, ended up earning themselves a six seed, didn't quite advance as far as they wanted to, but still comfortably in the field of 68. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time Gonzaga rolls into town, Calipari has that Kentucky team playing some of the best basketball they're playing all season long. And again, while that may lead to a loss for the Bulldogs, it is ultimately a good thing for them in terms of helping them be even more prepared for what is to come when they get into the big dance in March. And once again, the other thing that it kind of does here is it helps break up Gonzaga's ridiculous non-conference schedule. We talked about the 2024-25 non-conference schedule and what they got going on there, but Things are looking pretty darn good in 2023-24 as well. They'll play Kentucky sometime in January and February, but they also got UConn at the Climate Pledge Arena. That should be an extremely fun basketball game. They got San Diego State at home. That'll be a blast. They got the Maui Invitational. Don't know the full scope of what is going on with Maui right now. The expectation is that this tournament is probably still going to be played in some capacity. All of these teams have agreed to it. I think that they would all be amenable to the tournament being moved were that necessary to happen because of the wildfires taking place in Lahaina right now, but it is something to keep an eye on for Gonzaga. Hopefully they will still be able to play those teams in some kind of tournament capacity because it is a loaded field for the Maui Invitational. They have USC in Las Vegas on December 2nd. USC still a top 25 team, although the expectation is that Bronny James is probably not going to play in that game after suffering cardiac arrest this summer during workouts. Uh, again, he may end up playing at some point for USC next season. I'd be fairly surprised if he was back by December, but as of right now, we haven't heard a whole lot of updates on Bronny James's medical situation. Of course, the priority is not getting him back on the court, but it is getting him healthy and safe and secure for his long-term future. Zags also have UW and Yale on the schedule as well. A couple of other teams as well. They're still working on finishing that schedule. Hopefully uh, we'll have that out soon as we see a lot of teams posting their full non-conference schedules. Gonzaga always is kind of one of the last teams to get that thing finalized. I think they still have three or four games left. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head, but still a handful of games yet to be played. I expect most of them to be of that 
kind of tune-up game ilk than Northern Arizona's, Idaho's, Eastern Washington's of the world, although they may still end up finding themselves at least one more marquee-esque opponent for that 23-24 non-conference slate. Well, folks, we got big news on the pro Zags front as well to close out the show. A few former Bulldogs and their Olympic dreams of representing their country. We're going to talk about that after a word from today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes you're at a fork in the road and the right path just isn't clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking about starting therapy, let me encourage you to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege. All right, folks, closing out the show today, talking about the FIBA World Cup and the preparations for the 2024 Olympic Games. As usual, Gonzaga is all over the map, all over the world with where their players are playing this year, who's representing where. Uh, When the 2024 Olympics roll around, we will hopefully see a handful of Zags representing their countries. Uh, The big couple updates right now as we get into the FIBA World Cup qualifying events. Kelly Olenek has been named the captain for Team Canada. This is a tremendous accomplishment for the man they've called in the past the Big Maple at times. Olenek, of course, a, a 11-year now NBA veteran. Man, that makes me feel old as somebody who graduated the same year as Kelly Olenek from Gonzaga. But Kelly has been one of the most like visual representatives of Canada basketball over the last decade. He's played almost more games than anybody else with Canada's senior national team in the last couple of decades, or last decade, I should say, and really just embodies what Canada basketball is. And I think looking just logistically at Team Canada, they need his size badly. This is a team that's gotten smoked by not having enough size in the past. In 2021, Dwight Powell was kind of their only center. He fouled out in 25 minutes against their their game against the Czech Republic that they ultimately lost. They got out-rebounded 53-39 to in the rest of that game, could not close out on shooters because they were packing in the paint because they didn't have any size. This year, Kelly Olenek's going to play alongside Dwight Powell. That should help them with size in the front court. They also have limited their roster down to 12, and in a somewhat surprising move, have decided to keep Purdue big man Zach Eady on the roster. The reason it's a surprise is because of his lack of experience, his youth, uh, you know, various other reasons that a, a middle of his college career player, even a player who's a national player of the year in college, would be a bit of a surprise to be added to this 12-man roster. But Canada needs size. And boy, howdy, does Zach, how, Zach Eady have some size? <laughs> that is, if there is anything that Zach Eady has, it is that. He also has good touch around the rim, shot blocking ability, various other skills. But most of that comes from the fact that he is seven feet four. And for Canada to have Zach Eady kind of getting mentored by Kelly Olynyk, they're different players. Kelly's, you know, plays more away from the rim, is more of a stretch four, stretch five. But Kelly can also play down low. He can rebound. He can he can protect the rim to an extent. Like I think that there is some skills that Eady could learn from Kelly. But again, less of this is about the basketball, and it's more about who Kelly Olynyk is as a person, who he is as a leader, as a mentor, as a veteran presence. And as somebody who just, like I said, embodies Canada basketball, 
This is something he cares a lot about. Representing his country, showing, showcasing the Canada flag, you know, wearing it on his jersey. Like this is something that really matters to Kelly. And Gonzaga has had such a rich history of Canadians through their program. I mean, they had three players legitimately in contention to make this roster. Kevin Pangos was one of the last cuts. Kevin Pangos made the initial 17-man roster when they paired it down to 12. He didn't quite make the cut there, in part because of some injuries. But Kevin Pangos is a legitimate contender to be a Canada representative in the future. And he has been in the past. He has teamed up with Kelly Olenek in, in previous FIBA tournaments historically. So this is not new to him. Kyle Wilcher has represented Canada in the past as well. He didn't make the cut here. I'm not as surprised by that. They had a really good group of players uh, to, to make the cut here. But again, Gonzaga has had those players. Andrew Nemhard and Brandon Clark were both eligible to be on this team. Clark's coming off an injury, hasn't shown a lot of interest in representing Team Canada in the past. I'm not sure if he will. He wasn't born in Canada. He just has uh, enough of a lineage in his family that he could be qualified to play for them, but I'm not sure he's ever going to. Same kind of story with Andrew Nemhart as well. He was born in Canada, uh, but hasn't necessarily shown a ton of interest in that, although I think the the expectation with Nemhart is that he didn't want to participate last year as an incoming rookie. He didn't want to participate this year coming off of a, a, his first long NBA season. I think there's some fair expectation there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Andrew Nemhart participate in the future, which would be great for Team Canada. Not so great for Kevin Pangos, as he might potentially take a spot from him uh, in the future. But again, going back to, to Kelly and stuff, like this is a team that has Shai Gilgis Alexander, one of the best young guards in the NBA. This is a team that has Dylan Brooks, the team that has RJ Barrett, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Lou Dort. Like there's a lot of legitimate NBA talent on this roster. So for Kelly to get that invite to be the guy who, who leads this team, who wears the C on his jersey as the captain, is a tremendous accomplishment for one of my favorite Zags of all time. Beyond that, a couple other uh, updates here on the FIBA tournament. Philip Petrusev has been named to the 12-man roster for Serbia as they go into the FIBA World Cup. They played five exhibition games. In those five exhibition games, Serbia went 4-1. and one. Petrusev averaged 10.5 points per game. That helped secure him a spot on the Serbian roster. Uh, Nikola Jokic is not participating in this event. He said as much that he didn't. He wasn't particularly interested in doing so. If you guys watch the NBA championship, as soon as he won the championship, he looked like the man who wanted to go home and be done with playing basketball for a while. He didn't even seem like he wanted to go to the, the parade that they were having in Denver a couple days later. So it's not a real surprise to see him skip out on participating in the uh, FIBA tournament for the World Cup here. Uh, but for, for Petrusev, he makes this 12-man roster alongside Bogdan Bogdanovic. He makes it alongside Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic, who plays for the Miami Heat. Uh, a handful of other very, very talented Serbian players on this roster as well. Petrusev, of course, is going to make his NBA debut at some point this season. He is with the Philadelphia 76ers. He has signed a two-year contract with them. He got drafted in 2021 by the 76ers, spent the last couple of years overseas. Uh, first in Serbia, also spent some time in Turkey as well but his performance last year his performance during summer league this year was enough for philadelphia to say hey we're ready to actually bring you over and see what you can do at this level so another zag not only getting a chance to represent his country during the fiba world cup and potentially slash likely during the 2024 olympic games in paris but also another zag who's going to get an opportunity to wear an nba jersey this upcoming season and folks by the time 2024 rolls around by the time we're in paris at those olympic games there's probably gonna be a lot of zags out there 
Good chance, great chance. Kelly Lennox could be wearing the Team Canada jersey, of course. Uh, Philip Petrusev sounds like there's a good chance he's going to be wearing that Serbian jersey as well. Demontis Sabonis likely to represent Lithuania. Rui Hachimura could represent Japan last year or last time this around. This didn't go all that well for Rui in terms of his mental health. It had a, a pretty negative impact on him just personally cost him a half season with the Washington Wizards he seems to have rebounded from that quite well and had a very very nice season last year for the Los Angeles Lakers so it'll be interesting to see if he chooses to represent Japan in 2024 or not Chet Holmgren is with the Team USA select team right now I suspect that he probably won't be in the Olympic go-round for 2024 but I would not be shocked to see him in the conversation uh, for 2028 and even as in the conversation for other FIBA tournaments in the interim between now and then. Uh, then there's a couple other guys who could potentially represent their teams as well. Jun Sak Yo could be a representative for South Korea. Wouldn't be a surprise to see that in 2024. Uh, Luka Krajnovic for the Croatian team. There's always an opportunity for him to potentially represent that team as well. And, and I, I talk about this a handful of times on the podcast and, I don't just like these FIBA tournaments as a uh, excuse to find something to talk about in late mid to late August on a on a college basketball specific podcast, which can be a little bit challenging to do. But it really paints the picture of who Gonzaga is and who they recruit and and what they like to do, uh, because they recruit everywhere. Their international recruiting has been a, a staple of Gonzaga basketball for for many years, and Tommy Lloyd, of course, has had a had a massive impact on that. But people who were so afraid, oh, it's going to go away as soon as Tommy leaves, it hasn't. They added Krajnovich, they added Junsakio. Like these two guys, we haven't seen them play yet, but these two guys are expected to be big parts of Gonzaga's future as soon as this season, potentially and definitely in the near future. So Gonzaga is very willing to continue to utilize those pipelines that they have built in again, in part because of Tommy, but they, these t- pipelines that they have built overseas to help continue to build a roster that they think can compete the best possible way that they know how to do. So very exciting. I, I love seeing Gonzaga players representing countries all over the world. I think it's one of my favorite parts about Gonzaga basketball and being a fan of this specific program is that their talent does come from multiple different places and you get to see them kind of branch out and represent different countries and get to learn more about who is on the Serbian basketball team and who is on the Japanese basketball team or the French basketball team. I didn't mention that. Joel Iai participating with Team France as well. Don't think Killian Tilly is participating right now, but it does look like Joel is getting an opportunity to do so. So once again, more players, more different countries, really cool part of Gonzaga basketball to get an opportunity to see this happen uh, for this program. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first watch of the day. We got more fantastic stuff coming your way on Friday and, of course, heading into next week as well. Don't forget to go hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not done so yet. Uh, We are just under 2,000 subscribers. Would love to get there by the start of the season. Heck, would love to get there by my birthday in the third week of September. I bet we can do so. So if you haven't done so yet, just go hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It is very much appreciated. Thank you so much all for listening, and until next time, as always, go Zags.